Thanks for joining us again on Sit Down Startup Podcast. We are your hosts, Pedro and Tara. If you're joining us for the first time or need a refresher, we bring inspiring stories from leaders in the startup space in a casual coffee shop style conversation. You'll hear how founders, makers, and investors are building the new generation of disruptive startups. No matter where in the world you are, you learn from leaders who are risking everything to start their business. For this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Grant Deacon, CEO and founder of Unstack. Unstack is the first no-code platform designed for marketing teams to build, measure, and scale digital business. It was founded in Boston in 2018, and as a serial entrepreneur and investor, Grant has incredible insights in what it takes to run a successful startup, especially in the digital age. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up. Hello, hello, Grant. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Very happy to have you on. And we are very, very, very happy to talk about Unstacked and your background and all that good stuff. But first, have to ask you, what is your favorite coffee shop drink? So I'm going to go classic with an Americano. Ah, nice. Yeah, that, that's good to get you going. I usually take coffee black. So it's like, you know, just put a little twist on it since we're in the coffee shop. Make them work for a little bit, right? What about you? <laughs> um, personally, I love a cappuccino. So any time Can't of the day, wrong. it's a great thing to drink for sure. Um, although I hear in Europe, you're only supposed to have them in the morning. So I guess I break the rules. It's worth it. Well, thank you again for being here. Happy to chat with you. I really want to hear about Unstacked and your background. So first and foremost, what um, tell us about what inspired you to start Unstacked. Yeah, well, I, I spent pretty much my whole career building uh, marketing tools and, you know, marketing websites uh, at, at different companies. Um, and I've always loved being able to, like, have ideas and, and sort of, like, spin things up and work on them. Uh, and, and uh, you know, over the course of that, I've run into all the challenges that, that come with that. So, there, you know, there's getting something up and running, then there's scaling it and there's a lot of problems as you as you do that. Uh, and my, my previous company uh, was interesting because we were an influencer marketing platform and we could talk a little bit about that. But what happened was all the, whether you were a creator or you were an advertiser, everybody was kind of running into the same problems. So from startups to scale ups to some of the biggest companies in the world, everybody was kind of struggling with getting, uh, you know, building things, uh, moving quickly to build out, you know, campaigns with things like landing pages, creating great content, tracking what's working, kind of knowing how to, you know, where to double down on their marketing, where are the designers, where are the developers, right? Like pulling all that together was still really hard and felt like a horizontal problem, even though from what I saw, there were plenty of tools kind of out there that, that people could test and try out, you know, to build things like websites. And so for me, like being kind of this serial entrepreneur, I looked out at the space and I was like, well, what's, what's kind of like the idyllic platform that I would want if I was going to start my next idea? And, and can I build that as a platform and give that to entrepreneurs and startups and really even established companies where teams think like startups and they think entrepreneurially and they want to move really fast, but maybe they're not technical, right? That's usually where the limitation is. And so that was kind of the inspiration for Unstack. It was how do we bring together the tools for people to build, measure and scale up digital presence and digital businesses 
in a really serious way, but in a way that's accessible. Um, so, you know, it's not, uh, there, it's not a, what I would call a business you know, card website builder. There are some, some tools out there to do that, but for the businesses that are like graduating and like really thinking about building digital presence and like building a business around what they're doing, that's digital first, you really need that next set of tools and capabilities to really run with things. And that's where we come in. Yeah, I love that. I love how you talked about building something that based off of your experience and and what you would want, kind of putting that together, even though you knew there were tools out there, but it was still kind of missing the mark, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, exactly. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they start from a place of pain, right? Like they kind of know the customer and, and they've lived it and walked a mile in the shoes and they're like, you know what, enough, I'm going to I'm going to go solve some problems here. Uh, and that's that's very much like, you know, we are uh, we, we dog food our, our own platform. So we're very much in it with our with our customers along the way, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And, and you all are having some really great success. So congrats on your recent funding. That's pretty awesome. And I know you talked about what was your inspiration for starting Unstacked. But can you share with us how your company grew and what got you to where you are today? Yeah, I so the company started very very organically. It was like I had you know I have lots of friends who are entrepreneurs and, and marketers, and you know we exchange ideas and kind of people you know ask for advice. And so enough of that was coming up where people were saying, "Hey, like, could you help me build this or that?" After I'd you know wrapped up um, at my previous company, and I said, "Well, you know, t- let's take a step back. If I could you know deliver." this sort of platform for you to, to build and, and scale up your digital business, would you be interested? And so we kind of went out and got, call it like a dozen or so early stage companies to, to agree to put some skin in the game with us and kind of believe. Uh, we didn't have a lot at the time, um, but we launched with those core customers um, and those customers, you know, shared it with their network and those in, you know, so we really relied early on on just organic referrals from, you know, people that were using the platform. But the biggest thing is like we, we practice what we preach, which is go out, help you create value. Just we went out and tried to create value in terms of the content we were putting out there, the way we were trying to help our customers solve problems, being in it with them. Um, and so you know, most early stage companies don't have huge budgets to go like spend tons of money on customer acquisition. They're still like figuring things out. So we kind of, we really said, let's be super customer centric. You know, let's, let's be really dialed into our customer. Let's focus on community. Let's learn from them. And I think by doing that, we also created this opportunity, this like goodwill within our community where people were became very loyal and would, would share, you know, Unstack. And somebody just wrote the other day, you know, here's why we switched from another platform to Unstack and never looked back. I won't say the company's name, but, you know, we see a lot of that because we are just in it with those customers building goodwill. And so I think that has led to some of that like early organic kind of growth and excitement. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. And I love how you, you described yourself as a serial entrepreneur. Definitely, you had some great experience in the past. You also have some great experience in the investor world as well. Do you want to share with us a little bit about that and how that might have impacted how you started Unstacked? So there are a few different ways we could go with that. There is sort of the raising money side of things, um, whether you yeah, should do that. You know, there's a lot of talk about like raising money versus bootstrapping today. There's also then like the investor side of things, um, which I'm, ha- I'm happy to go into as well. Um, one of the more interesting things, I hadn't done a lot of angel investing uh, until last year. I had done a couple smaller things and I joined an angel group and I wrote a post on LinkedIn about kind of 
almost like the hypocrisy of being this entrepreneur, early stage entrepreneur, raising money and then going into the, on the angel side and like the first time I really had to say no and I called a founder on behalf of the group and said, hey, like we're not gonna be moving forward. And I just like, it like killed me because I've been on the other side of that where I was like, somebody doesn't like my idea, you know, they said no. Um, and it was very eye-opening to for me on the investor side to realize that like, there's nothing personal. Most entrepreneurs, they've got 30 minutes with someone to kind of share this really big vision. It's not going to click with everyone and not everyone's a good fit to be an investor in your business and kind of really brought it back to a perspective of objectivity uh, when I went on the other side and, and invested. And I think that was super interesting because as a founder, like the passion is so high, like you're all in, you're, you're working, you're an underdog, right? Like you're working against the odds. And then, you know, I think a lot of people out raising money have to have that thick skin to hear you get some yeses, but you also get many no's uh, along the way and kind of knowing that like every no is just a closer, you know, you're one one step closer to a yes, I think is a really important perspective to have in, in you know, raising some money. So we can dive in either direction on that, but that's like a really interesting way that I think I just connected the dots between those two worlds like for myself. Yeah, no, that's really great. I love a lot of what you're talking there about you know, talking about not, you don't want every investor and growing that thicker skin and then understanding you just have this moment to talk about your company. I think one of the things that you touched on a little bit earlier about with Unstack is really that customer centric focus. And so if you had, I like what you're talking about with the investment side, do investors, I guess the question is, do do investors care about that? Do they care that you have a good grasp on your your customers and serving them? From an investor, how do you think about that? And as a business owner, how do you think about reconciling those things? Yeah, I mean, I think early on, it's, it's it really comes down to the feedback loops. Like the tighter you're dialed into the customer, the faster you can solve problems for them. And so the the output of that obviously then comes out through some of your your business metrics right like if you're growing mrr faster you're seeing churn you know going down and, and you're you know you're retaining customers as you grow like a lot of that is a function of hey we really listen to the customers we know what they want we're preempting their needs and we're really dialed in or or we're able to save you know if there are gaps we're able to save that through exceptional service you know customer success programs and things like that um, so I think as an investor, I'm I'm looking for teams that are thinking about how to put systems in that help them stay really close to the customer as the company grows. Uh, I think obviously as uh, it, you have a lot of more like qualitative, uh, I think connection to the customer in the earliest days. Um, and I think you can maintain that as you grow, but as companies get bigger, you look more and more at like the metrics and things like that, which you know, again, I, I look at those as outputs of being very customer centric and really understanding if you're solving the right problems, not, you know, they're really like they go hand in hand. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, we obviously believe that, but it's nice to hear you with your experience talking about that as well from both the side of being that person giving out the money and then the person building the company and caring about it. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can feel that pain when you were talking about having to say no to somebody. So thank you for sharing that as well. Um, you know, speaking of customers, we're definitely in a different world today. And you're positioned digital first, like digital marketing, digital companies. Can you tell, I have two questions here. The first one is a little bit, can you tell us a bit about what you mean by that? And then the second one, we'll be talking about 
well, what we're facing today with the pandemic and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think like they, they, they go hand in hand in a way. Uh, I think the world was moving this way already prior to, to COVID. I think what COVID did was just accelerated and made it very painfully obvious that you, you kind of have to be thinking dig- digitally first. You know, I, I think for us as a business, uh, the major things that we had to change as a company was were really just operationally, like going from being an in-person to a remote company. A lot of people, I think, have faced that. Um, but in terms of the companies that, that we're working with, it was very interesting. There's sort of the people you expect that are already like very savvy. There's, you know, they're super... Um, you know, they're digital first in the sense that like everything starts from online and then emanates out from there versus I think traditional companies, everything starts sort of in person and more analog and then the digital becomes kind of an afterthought. I think now a lot of those companies are starting to understand and educate themselves that like, hey, it actually all is going to start here at digital and then it's going to come back into some of these more analog channels. Um, but I think the tools that people have uh, at their disposal now, I think are more obvious. Um, I think our customers, you know, I'll give you a, a really tangible example. I think a lot of service providers have moved from kind of a more analog way of, you know, transacting and, and you know, working with their customers to doing everything through DocuSign, you know, Stripe, you know, having payments right on their website to buy into things, you know, uh, automating and systemizing a lot of those processes that maybe were manual before, not because it's efficient, which it is, but because they have to, because we're all apart. Um, but I think it's also created a lot of opportunity for people, you know, like for us, we've been more open-minded about where and how we recruit talent from um, and kind of open the doors on, on that front. I think for our, our customers, people are looking more broadly. They're not just thinking locally they're thinking, you know, nationally or globally in terms of who they can work with and collaborate. Um, so I, I think it's been, obviously super challenging and uh and tough in a lot of ways but there have been some you know to try to put an optimistic sort of point of view on it like there have been a lot of positives that i think businesses have leaned into as a as a result of kind of having to think differently and kind of scramble and 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 rethink their approach to to digital yeah and and i'm sure that having a tool available like unstack helps them with that as well and i'm sure that has gone into some of your scaling and some of the success that you've had recently did you did you find it was did you find that you were experiencing growth while also trying to handle some of these internal operation challenges of of the pandemic yeah i mean i i think we were kind of in the midst of like resetting expectations as a company and cutting an office but but then at the same time every the show is must go on right i think that's how it was for for so many people and to be honest i i I think just humans are very resilient adaptable people you know and and so you know for us i think we were able to to make that adjustment pretty quickly um to be fair like where we were already a very digital, I mean, we are digital first business through and through. Um, and we practice sort of what we preach, right? Uh, in terms of using our own platform to build our company. So I think to be honest, like for us, it was probably a lot easier um, than, you know, companies that maybe hadn't been operating under that pretense prior to the pandemic. So I think in a lot of ways we were kind of lucky on that, but I've just, I've seen, it's been super impressive. There was a, it's a, a platform or a company that, um, 
I was talking to a, a CEO in London. They had you know a string of uh, coffee shops, and obviously with the pandemic, that went to zero, right? Like overnight, like they couldn't even run their businesses. And in a matter of weeks, they had you know moved to a digital subscription coffee that was delivered. You could hand pick it, right? Or they would like pick it for you. They moved all of that online, and they're actually you know they're they're doing incredible and when they you know eventually are able to open their stores they'll have their stores plus they'll have everything they're doing on digital plus they're going to have their digital presence and they've built audience a lot of these companies hadn't been building audience they're kind of just relying on you know the old way of doing things now i think people are like well how do i communicate with my customers in a digital first world like what does that look like uh, and so I, I i think companies that will come back stronger as a result of a lot of this Totally agree. In a lot of ways, it's just kind of accelerated something that was already there. I think we've found that a lot at, in our operations as well, as well as like how we run and think about our business. So yeah, even though the pandemic has a hit and we're hopefully towards the end of it, seeing a light, <laughs> but it just does, it, it is always inspiring to hear about how even in the hardest times, companies can transform in a very positive way. Um, speaking of transforming and a fun little fact that you shared earlier, but also would love to chat about is I understand your company had a different name. What was it and what made you decide to change it? Picking names is hard. Changing names is also really hard. Uh, we, we, so I had, uh, when, when .app came out as an extension, um, I, I bought the domain spark.app, which I thought was like a pretty good domain name, you know, use it for some, for something at some point, you know, that, you know, an idea. And when we came up with the name uh, with this business, we said, well, we'll call it Spark. Uh, I don't recommend anybody call their business that because it's, I think I mentioned this to you, Tara, like that's a very, like in every category you could ever think of, like somebody's called something Spark. So just the PSA out there, let me save anybody pain who's thinking about naming their company. I just don't, don't do it. Um, so we went through the process of figuring out like, okay, a couple things like one, uh, we, we obviously need to change our name Two, you know, how do we how do we kind of build a brand around something that we can own? So trying to be really unique, but also speak to, to our vision and what we're trying to accomplish. And we probably went through, I don't know, we probably went through like 500 names. And the problem today is, is like we really wanted a .com that we could build and grow on as like a real mature company long term. And we didn't want to compromise on that now. We wanted to like start from that and build authority on that domain, not like get something and then switch it again later. So going through the whole list of like trying to find a .com that works and then, you know, all there are no good .coms available like for $10 anymore. You know, you have to go through like a secondary market and like negotiate and find these things. So it was a whole yeah, journey, I think, to, to kind of settle up on that. But yeah, we were able to go through it. Um, we ended up landing on Unstack. We were able to get unstack.com. It wasn't $10, but it was accessible. We were able to get in, we made a little bit of an investment there. And we're, I mean, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I think we've, you know, Zach and, and uh, Steve, my co-founder, like they've, We've all done, I think, a great job of, of building a, a brand for as early of a, of a company as we are. That's great. Did you find any risk with changing that name and people, your your existing brand, your prior brand? Was that a hard transition? I, I think it's like the 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 thing with all that is like if you have a good communication strategy and you get the details right and you have a project plan and you're organized, like there are steps, but it's not, it wasn't too bad. And the earlier you do it, the better, right? Like it's like every year you go along, like it's harder for all, you know, all kinds of reasons. So we tried to do it pretty early in the game. 
um, you know, and, and made sure we crossed all our T's and dotted our I's from, you know, SEO and redirects to, um, you know, making sure that we communicate with our customers. So they were like, what's this new brand that I'm like now suddenly seeing? So yeah, it was, uh, it was a process, but you know, anybody could do it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. And speaking of names, positioning, branding, all that kind of good stuff. How do you see product marketing fitting into building a company? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably one of the like like most important things. It's the glue. I actually see it as like the glue between all these different functions like product management, engineering, customer success, marketing, sales, educating. Like we look at product marketing is how do you tell, you know, the right story and narrative to the right customer like through the through, you know, what we're building, but also like I think product marketing helps to inform the company, you know, with data on, you know, where the market's going, you know, what the competitive landscape looks like. That that also includes pricing, obviously. So it's really this to, to me. And I think, you know, I, I know you have a background in product marketing. So after I finish this, I want to hear like your response to what I've just said. But um, I feel like product marketing is like oftentimes like, like if you ask 10 people to define it, you'll get 10 different answers. So what, the way I define it is kind of like, I think about it as that that connective tissue within the organization that helps deliver the, the, the right sort of uh, story and education and onboarding and focus to that, to that customer. Yeah, I, I think that you have it. So we went through in our organization, our product marketing organization a couple of years ago, we got a lot of our product marketers together, just sat down and said, what do you think we do? <laughs> just like asking that question. What, did it, what do you think that product marketing does and what is our value? And ultimately, as we distilled it all down, it really came down to being a storyteller. And um, I appreciate your point of view a lot and also this question I like to kind of equate it back to my, I have a cousin who works in, or actually she is a writer and author and she has a, a library. And one of the books that she wrote was actually about the space race in the 60s, in the 50s and the 60s. And what was really fascinating about it is how she t described the combination between advertising people and scientists and how what we think about as an atom, for example, that little like those lines in the nucleus and all that kind of stuff, it actually doesn't exist like that. It doesn't at all. But it was the combination of the marketing folks, the advertising people, the storytellers, and the people who had the ex like the techno technological expertise coming together so that something could make sense for other people. And when it came to the space race, obviously there was a lot tied to it, but it really ultimately came down to big money put into the space program and what we ultimately learned from it. That's super interesting. I, I feel like that's like, um, you know, you have like sci-fi movies, you always have like the scientist that like spells out what's really going on for the viewer because otherwise we'd be totally lost. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like a, you know, physics major. I have no idea what they're talking about, but they kind of like, there's always that character in the film that like dumbs it down so that everybody can understand what's happening. No, it is. And it just blew my mind that it was like, because I, how I grew up, I just took it for granted. That's what an atom looks like, but it right. doesn't. <laughs> so in an organization, it is, I think product marketing is super important, especially the more abstract your product is, because it's harder for people to grasp on as to what it is and how it can help them. 
And if you don't have, I think, a layer of communication between your, your, your customers and the people developing your product, especially, I love engineers so much, but especially your engineers, sometimes um, it's hard to bring that story back to your product team so that they understand why they're doing it. And then also it's kind of like if you have a cure for cancer, but you can't talk about it, then do you have a cure for cancer? That kind of thing. So that's the way I, I see product marketing fitting in a company. I love that. So I did okay on my answer. You did. You get. A, you get a golden star. Not that I'm. All right. I'm the one giving out the stars, but I like where you're coming from. Um, cool. So I'm super, super fascinated to hear what's next for Unstack. I, I mean, right now, like you mentioned earlier, we just closed a seed round, so we're in a really exciting place. We're building our team. We're hiring across all of our functions. So, you know, plug for product and engineering and marketing. Like, come talk to us. Um, no matter where you are. Uh, but the focus really now is on just continuing to deliver for customers. A lot of the work that we've done has been no code, uh, you know, around no code solutioning around, you know, content management, landing pages, social, you know, digital presence, you know, SEO. Uh, we're going to continue to expand with, you know, the other pillars that we think are requisite for building a digital business today, right? So today we're very focused on content analytics and integrations, but communication, Workflows, you know, the, bringing bringing more and more of the tools together that teams need to to build fully, right? In today's market, I think is kind of where we see the vision of the business going, kind of moving towards that no code all in one uh, solution for teams. And again, it all comes back to the fact that it's the non technical teams today, whether you're in in product marketing or in demand generation or what or program management, like those oftentimes are the teams that get tasked with these big initiatives, but they also don't get the, the budget or the resources to go there and deliver on them. So we wanna make sure that anybody out there, like there's the, this accessible platform that'll allow you to go and really realize that for your business, your team, your company, what, where, wherever you are. Uh, and I think adding those additional pieces is gonna help bring that more and more to life. So again, that's why we say it's about building incredible digital businesses. It's not just about creating an inc incredible landing page. You can absolutely do that on our platform, but we really want to empower the, the the whole piece. So um, that's kind of, you know, I think where we're really excited and focused over the, over the next few years. Yeah. And I think that as our economy recovers and as people go back to opening up their businesses of all sizes, Something like this is just another way that they can do it with ease and one less thing to worry about. I think that's really cool. All right, since we are talking about customers and customer experience is the name of our game at Zendesk, when you reach out for help or customer service, what is your go-to support channel? How are you contacting companies today? So I think for me, I a couple of different ways that uh, you know, oftentimes I find myself on Twitter, admittedly, uh, like throwing stuff out there, and it's always incredible to me to see how fast people people respond. Um, I, I think like one of the things that we've done is we focus so much on education up front. It's sort of like littered throughout our experience, like, and we we use Zendesk for that. Um, uh, plug for you guys, it's been awesome. You know, we use the, the knowledge base and then that's integrated with chat. So I, I think for me, I'm always just looking at like the path of least resistance. Sometimes it's Twitter, Some oftentimes it's, you know, you go to the homepage of a site and it's very clear where to get help. And that's even better uh, because I know where to get answers. So I think it's, we've kind of taken that thinking and been like, okay, where are users looking for answers? And like, let's be there. Um, and and uh, 
so, you know, oftentimes it's either connecting, trying to connect with a, a human somewhere, uh, whether that's on social or like right through live chat on a, on a website. Um, but also like if I can just get the help on my own through the knowledge base, I'll, I'll go there. You know, sometimes that's developer docs or things like that. But I would say like that's my kind of my thinking, my flow when I'm looking for help. Uh, I like it. And, you know, we have some data that supports that people are thinking the same way you are. But I'm glad that things are working well for you. I'm super happy you joined me here today. And I hope we do get a chance to one day have an Americana and a, a cappuccino in person. And until then, thank you for being on the show. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining our pod, Grant. You have great experience to share with our listeners. And he is such a nice guy to talk to. I really enjoyed our conversation. Hey, Pedro, what did you think? I love it. Grant gave us some good takeaways. Tips on how to fundraise, how product marketing helps the startups, and the importance to choose the right name. It's also great to hear that investors are looking at how companies listen to their customers to make product decisions. Unstack has done that and it shows in their success. If you like this episode, help us out. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave a review. Stay safe and hungry. Mm-hmm.